Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned, Arkansas-operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy Chuck and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. All right, Richard. Good morning, buddy. I always love to watch Arkansas beat Kentucky for a variety of reasons. From a recruiting standpoint, what does a win like that do for the brand of Razorback basketball? Well, you know, obviously I think it helps. I mean, not not only did they beat them, but they they dominated them, especially in the second half. And I I think any time, you know, you have a performance like that that kind of inspires uh, kids uh, to show, you know, even though most, most guys already have a good bit of interest in Arkansas, I think it kind of, you know, uh, feeds the uh, uh, momentum of uh, Arkansas. And and uh, just uh, seeing how they play, too, just, uh, just I think it excites uh, uh, kids. It's a, it, You see, uh, you know, Couple of freshmen really showing out and having great games, and uh, and that's something that also not only do the kids talk about, but uh, the parents talk about how you, Coach, uh, Coach, excuse me, <laughs> Coach Musselman and the staff uh, they, they 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 allow freshmen to play, and, and I mean obviously utilize the freshmen, and uh, that and they play big roles, and another thing that they they talk about is how. At least one parent talked about how he kind of lets them play through mistakes, and and you you see that, and uh, uh, that's that's a, that's a selling point for guys wanting to uh, play their very first year. And some of those guys that are wanting to play their first year are Lane Blocker, Bayfall, your two signees in this upcoming class. Richard, as we look ahead to 2024, who are some names that Arkansas fans need to be aware of, not only in state. But guys that are considering Arkansas out of state as well. Well, you got five star uh, Trenton Flowers, uh, uh, who plans to make an official visit the first weekend of March. Uh, he, he keep an eye on him. I communicated with him the other, other night a little bit, but uh, he seems pretty excited about uh, making the trip to Fayetteville. Uh, you got uh, Omir uh, Ali, another five star uh, shooting guard. Uh, from uh, Florida, he'll be making an official visit sometime, probably in April. Uh, but uh, those are a, f- a couple of guys, and uh, and Botain from uh, Little Rock Central, obviously, is uh, another one to keep an eye on because uh, I think Arkansas is in, in really good shape with him. He's a he's he's a five star, four star, depending on uh, who, who you're looking at for his uh, services. But uh, th- those are just a few. And there's a lot of guys in in state that come in years where not just the Razorbacks but other high profile basketball schools are gonna be on. We're talking with Richard Davenport this morning, Whole Hawk Sports, Arkansas Democrat Gazette. 
Richard, football-wise, whoopig weekend. I mean, could you ask for a better weekend for Razorback sports? You've got the spring game at 12. you got softball team play at UAB at 3. And then you got old Tennessee stepping into Bomb Walker at 6. I mean, that should be a, a solid recruiting weekend for Fayetteville, I would think, for not just football but a variety of places. No, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, uh, you, you'll have some official visitors uh, uh, for, for football for sure uh, during that weekend. And uh, I guarantee uh, uh, one, one of the things that they'll do is go to that Arkansas-Tennessee baseball game for sure. And uh, and let them uh, let the kids uh, see see the passion of the fans. Obviously, uh, besides uh, just from from the spring game, so that that's going to be a it's going to be a big weekend for for recruiting in all sports. Really, uh, they'll, they'll utilize that for for just about every sport as long as you know. Obviously, they can have official visitors or even unofficial visitors, which I would imagine they can. So uh, that that, uh, that there's a lot to. A lot of activity, and, and that's something that uh, the coaches like to have uh, for kids and keep them busy and also uh, not only just see, you know, what the the, the fans are like uh, for football, but also in baseball. Are spring games still important for recruiting, Richard? I think so, especially if you have a lot of excitement surrounded uh, by the game and uh, you have a good crowd and if the weather's good, uh you know, if you have about thirty, forty thousand people. I think it, uh, that obviously is a good selling point for, for your uh, program. I'm curious, what do you think the optics are of this football team heading into 2023, based on the fans that you've talked to? And I guess we have to calculate post spring with maybe the guys they add. But right now, what do you think fans' kind of feedback is to you? I think uh, optimism. Uh, obviously, KJ coming back. Uh, I mean, that right there is enough, to, you know, offensively for anybody to get excited. KJ is one of the better quarterbacks that's ever played at the, the University of Arkansas, and has, has the opportunity to continue to build upon his uh, his career. You know, as a Razorback uh, next year, and then and looks like uh, offensively, obviously. You're gonna you're gonna have a, a kind of a revamped offensive line, but uh, I, you have enough young talent there that you figure that they're they're, they're still going to be very talented and very productive. And then you add in the receivers that they've added from the portal, along with what they have on campus. That's enough to get uh, people excited there. And defensively, I think uh, also the, the portal uh, helped them, uh, especially on the defensive line and in the secondary. Uh, and he added a linebacker. So, uh, you know, and then you have optimism about uh, Travis Williams, the new defensive coordinator and, and co-defense coordinator Marcus Woodson coming in and uh, bringing a, maybe a different style of uh, defense to, to Arkansas. So I think overall the optimism is pretty high and, and, and excited to see what the, the spring's going to bring, especially I think that will probably help uh, – bring in more fans, especially, again, like I said, it's a nice day for the spring game. Talking recruiting with Richard Davenport. Richard, I saw this piece from USA Today. Georgia spent $4.5 million on football recruiting. And just to put that in perspective, the next closest was Texas A&M at $2.98 million. How can Arkansas compete with that? Uh, Arkansas competes pretty good. I mean, I, you know, what all is until, you know, what's all in that, uh, that, uh, 
five mil, I, I, I don't know. I, I would imagine a lot of mailings and, 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 uh, and, and things like that. And just, I, I guess travel obviously for the, for the coaches and, and obviously bringing in kids for official visits, but you're only, you're limited to, to, uh, about 56 official visits and very, very seldom do you have, uh, you know, uh, uh, schools ever max out on their official visits. But I would imagine a lot of that is probably salaries for, for, for support staff for the, uh, uh for, for recruiting and, uh, and stuff like that. But, uh, Obviously, they they put a premium on it, and it it, pay, it pays off. But I think Arkansas is, is in the in the top ten, if I'm not mistaken. The last I checked, I think they are as far as uh, amount of money that they spend on recruiting. So Arkansas is not lacking in that area either. I want to know in five, ten, fifteen years what you think financially the state of the athletics department looks like with with NIL ever changing. A lot of factors coming into the equation now that athletic directors have never calculated before. Is Arkansas on good footing in football, basketball, and baseball to still be at the competitive level they've been at the last couple years? Oh, absolutely. Arkansas is not lacking as far as as funding for their programs. I mean, that that is not an issue. Now, NIL... Can Arkansas compete against Texas, Texas A&M, some of the uh, richer uh, programs, you know, for alumni and and stuff like that? I think they're competitive, but I don't I don't think uh, I don't think Arkansas has uh, you know the alumni, rich alumni that uh, Texas, Texas A&M, and 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 some of the uh, bigger schools have. Uh, that I think that that could be you know. Maybe it's somewhat of a hindrance, but again, Arkansas is competitive. There's no doubt about that in NIL. But when you go to Texas and Texas A&M and the rich alumni, everybody talks about uh, Northwest Arkansas growing and and uh, uh, you know the WalMarts and, and and Tyson's and stuff like that. Yeah, there's some people and uh, among those companies that give to the program, but there's a lot of a lot of a lot of the people from out of state and they don't have any ties. To the University of Arkansas, so uh, then you go to Texas and, and Texas A and M. They have uh, they have quite a few WalMarts, Tyson's, and JB Hunts, and, and, and companies like that. A lot more than uh, what Arkansas has. So you're going to have a lot more opportunities for NIL, in, in my opinion. Should be a requirement if you move to the state and you're not from here. You have to immediately become an Arkansas fan. If you work for one of the big three companies you just listed, you also have to donate to the University of Arkansas. I'm kidding, of course. I would never want to. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're going to run for state rep and you're going to uh, make that state law. I know that's, that's going to happen. Yeah, I uh, I can't be as polished and as, um, what's the word? I, I am not going to be capable of dressing up in a suit and tie and being clean cut. That's just, I don't think that's ever going to be my style of RD, but maybe, maybe I'll change. Maybe the, uh, the leaves will switch at some point. All right. Last thing, man. Mossman yesterday, Nick Smith's close. Now I think everyone thinks he's going to play on Saturday. I don't know what your thoughts are that are, but what do you think Razorback nation is thinking right now to heading into potentially Next next game Saturday against against Mississippi State. 
Yeah, I could see him uh, getting a few minutes. I mean, uh, it, it all depends how, how practice has gone and how, how his knee's holding up. Uh, you know, it, it, at the same time, man, you, man, you, <laughs> Arkansas is playing really good right now. And it, yeah, it, it's, it's great to add a, a talent like, uh, Nick Smith, but at the same time, I mean, you, you got a, a pretty good, strong starting five right now. How how uh, how does his knee hold up? I, I don't think he'll he'll start or anything like that. But uh, it, it's all about how his knee holds up uh, going forward, and uh, and how productive he can be. Uh, does he have another setback and have to you know take it easy and try to you know uh, sit out a few games? Uh, only time will tell. But uh, there's only few uh, only so many more games left, so uh, we'll see what happens. Richard, we'll leave it there this morning, man. We'll talk to you next week as uh get closer and closer to this, this Woo Pig weekend, and we'll see if this Arkansas basketball team keeps up their conference winning streak. Sounds good, buddy. We'll see you next week. All right, good stuff. Richard Davenport always delivers on a recruiting Thursday at 630. Find his work in Whole Hog Sports and the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Now, again... Y'all know me as a guy that occasionally likes to bet on something. If I had to bet, and I've been saying this for weeks, I thought Nick was going to come back for Mississippi State. Now, I don't know if the team over at Bet Saracen will actually put this in their odds, in their pregame odds, but you can find it there because Bet Saracen has a variety of different things that they usually place. I would bet that Nick is going to play on Saturday. I would also bet he's not going to start. I think I'm 100% in agreement with Richard. I think he's going to come off the bench at some point. And if he does play, Richard kind of put that asterisk in there. Uh, I want to make sure I, I don't misquote him or anything. But I think if he does play, he comes off the bench. I don't know how many minutes, maybe 12, maybe 15. Just kind of want to get his legs back under him. I mean, it's part of it, right? It's college basketball. Dude's not going to play 39 minutes in his first game back. I don't see that. Unless he's just going off for 30, which against Mississippi State, who's really stingy on defense, I don't expect to happen either. Although, I'm really excited for this game. Line's not out for Mississippi State and Arkansas yet. It will be some point, probably mid-morning, maybe early afternoon for that game. I'm excited to see what it is. I'm going to guess Arkansas by like 7, if I had to guess, if I had to place. Again, with no prior knowledge to that. Either way, check out the Bet Saracen app. You got Super Bowl prop bets. You've got... College basketball outside of just Arkansas, a lot of SEC, a lot of odds. Vegas apps, they can't operate in the state. You don't want to use Vegas apps. You want to use an Arkansas company. The Bet Snap has all the updates, sports wagering, everything you need. Download it in the App Store or go to BetSaracen.com and make sure to check out that really cool how-to-play video featuring Jancy Sheets. All right, Eric Musselman with the media yesterday. Jordan Walsh coming off the bench has been a key in Arkansas success as of late. Here's what he had to say about the young freshman. Coming off the bench, my thought process was maybe it would help him stay out of foul trouble a little bit. Although we brought him off the bench last night and, and there was still a little bit of, of foul issues, but he's... I think he keeps getting better and better. And when he plays with the energy that we've seen of late, he really, really impacts the game three levels, offensively, defensively, and then on the backboards, both offensive rebounding and defensive rebounding. Jordan's been better coming off the bench in SEC play than he has been starting. Now, he did pick up four fouls in this last game, and I know Coach was giving a hard time about that, but 
He's he he does get a little foul prone at times, but he's such an impact. Guy didn't miss a shot on Tuesday night. Did not miss a shot. Four for four from the line, four for four from the field. And he's efficient. And he plays defense too. And he rebounds. Great rebounder. Six seven, long, lanky, physical, great rebounder as the untrue freshman. That's been a key in all this. How they adjust with Nick coming back into the lineup, I think will be interesting. But Christian, I've been really impressed with what Jordan's done coming off the bench thus far. Yeah, I was just about to say, you know, his athleticism really stands out. I think you can see his confidence growing, and it's it's obviously showing in his play. He, he's just a tall guy who uh, is is playing great basketball, and I think he's huge for this team going forward for sure. He absolutely is. And I don't know what people thought his ceiling was heading in to this year. He's a McDonald's All-American. There's always expectations associated with that title. But he was never going to be the alpha on this team. Nick was supposed to be, hasn't been because of the injury. Anthony's kind of taking it over at points. Ricky Council's taking it over at points. Heck, you could say Devontae Davis has taken it over at points. How that, again, chemistry gets assimilated back and how they figure it out. Eric Musselman, he's done this before. College level, at the NBA level. Guys coming back, how does he fit back in the mix? I think this guy has the knack to figure it out. I cannot wait for this Saturday. And I can't wait for the rest of the, what the rest of the regular season holds for this basketball team. But uh, the thing I'll say about Jordan, I don't know if stoic is the right word to describe him, but he's very even keeled throughout a game. That's a really good point. You don't, you know, you don't see a lot of emotion out of him, especially when he makes a play. He gets more excited when his teammate makes a play, I think. Um, But yeah, like I go back to the athleticism. To me, he's our most athletic player. He makes you know, a lot of things happen on the defensive end, offensive end. He just, a lot of times he puts himself in position to make a play and he's just always, you know, it seems like he's always in the right position. He goes for rebounds and you've got to have a guy like that. I kind of like a glue guy that can do it on both ends of the court. And freshmen sometimes when they get in a rut, it's more difficult for them because they haven't been at this level to get out of that said rut. For this basketball team to be 1-5 and and now 5-6 and in conference play, it's incredible. Brian on YouTube says, this team never stopped believing. Brian, you're absolutely right. And speaking of YouTube, just want to remind everyone, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, you can find the Morning Rush and Halftime each and every morning and each and every midday. If you ever want to watch us and you're not in the listening area across ESPN Arkansas, in addition to hitthatline.com. Back to your point, this team just kept coming. Chuck was spot on yesterday. They just kept coming. They kept battling. They kept fighting. Even in losses, they just kept persevering. They kept trying to get through it. Some of the losses this season haven't been great. LSU lost, even though it was one possession. They won one conference game just against you. Not a great loss. I know that you'd love to have that Baylor game back. That's a that's a good loss. It's a quality team. I don't know what they did against, uh, who were they playing last night? Oklahoma. I think they beat Oklahoma last night, but yeah. They uh, there there are some teams this season that Arkansas lost to that you'd love to have back, but at the same time, they're five and zero in their last five conference games. Great opportunity to make that six on Saturday night. That's a great point, and you, yeah, 
to the point of, you know, having a few games back, you know, you look back at the Missouri game and Baylor game. Those were the two to me, and maybe the LSU game, even first game, even though it was the first conference game of the year, you know, you win two or three of those and you're, you're, I mean, you're sitting pretty right now, but back into the Kentucky game, that kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, we, we did play well for the most part against South Carolina, almost let it slip away on the road. That must have done a wonders for confidence because to go on the road with a team, with a young team and do what you did at Kentucky, man, that's saying something. And I, I, I can't lie. I did not expect a dominating performance like that. Shots were falling. It was just everybody was in sync. Eric, most men didn't expect that. Christian? No one expected that. There wasn't a single player in that locker room that expected them to shoot like they did and play like that. You're 100% correct. I mean, it really was incredible to see. And (laughs) it it gives you hope that this team, when they put it together, uh, you know, when Nick Smith hopefully comes back, that they can even take another step, you know. Yeah. And every single one of y'all, right now, think this is an NCAA tournament team. But do you think it's a second weekend team without Nick Smith? Now, a lot of that is contingent upon where they end up, who they match up with, which we've kind of looked at the different possibilities. What's crazy to me is Muss and Anthony Arruda always seem to know two or three teams that they'll get paired up with in the NCAA tournament. They've nailed it the past two years, which is wild to me. I think two years ago, they knew one of the two teams, and they guessed it right. Last year was like one of three, and they guessed it right. This year, you're not going to be a three, probably not going to be a four, but what could you get to? Got asked that yesterday. What is the ceiling seed for this basketball team? Now, I mean, if you went on to win your next, I guess it's you just won yet, eight games left after two, or as of Tuesday, you won that game, so you've got seven games remaining in the regular season, and then theoretically, if you won those, you'd have three games in the SEC tournament. So you have ten, seven regular season games, and then three postseason non-NCAA tournament games. So, I mean, you're not going to go 10-0 in those games, but, I mean, could you go 7-3, 6-4? I don't know. That's a, that's a great question. Where does this seed end up? I think you don't want to end up on that 8-9 line because you play a one seed, but at the same time, does a one seed want to play you? That's the question. You also ask that. They ain't, a, they ain't a one seed. That's Purdue, Matt Painter. You got Nate Oates, Alabama. I'm trying to think who else would be a one seed considerably. I mean, those are two that I know off the top of my head. Houston, Kelvin Sampson. None of those guys are trying to match up Muss in a Sweet yeah. 16 game. Absolutely. Or excuse me, in a round of 32. Absolutely not. Yeah, you're right. No, I mean, no, nobody really wants to play a team coached by Eric Musselman, I don't think, just because of how he prepares. <laughs> He's going to be ready for you whether he wins or not. He's going to make it difficult. Hey, it's Phil Elson. From all these years watching baseball, I've grown accustomed to watching closers in their element. James Teague isn't closing innings anymore. He's closing cases. With almost 30 years in the business, Teague Law Firm is a general practice firm that can help you with most family law issues, divorce, custody, and child support. They can also help with criminal law, both felonies and misdemeanors. Call James and the Teague Law Firm at 479-531-2785. 531-2785. Online at teague-law.com. The Teague Law Firm. If they can't help you, they'll talk baseball. Baseball. 
Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from the NFL and bowl season to esports. You'll find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline, where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. So we got the question from William and Jonesboro. Who the heck is my co-host? Well, Christian, this would be a good time to ingratiate yourself to the Morning Rush audience for those that don't know who you are. Yeah, my name is Christian Johnston. I just started here uh, about a m- month and a half ago or so, and it's been great. Anytime I can get on air and sp- talk sports with you, Ty, it's awesome. It's a lot of fun, man. We're happy to have you. Christian's doing a great job here, and we've got a good team compiled at ESPN Arkansas right now. I mean, you think about it. We got Voice of the Hog basketball and football team. Voice of Arkansas baseball, women's basketball, yeah. a legendary quarterback. Tommy knows what he's doing. Yeah. I'll give him that. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to say that when he's around. I would never do that. It would go to his head. He always talks about me being a little cocky and arrogant. I'd never let that. His head would blow up. But he's done a good job compiling our team. Now, I know he's at Gaston's right now fishing, but he, uh, to your point, he, he can reel them in here, too. Yes, <laughs> he, he can. And uh, Matt, Phil, and Chuck are evidence of that. And Derek would say he's evidence of that as well. Don't want to leave Derek out. Derek was offended when I made For a promo sure. with Chuck, Phil, and Matt. I want to make sure I include Derek in this. Zach doesn't care, but Derek, though. <laughs> you got to include Ruskin in this. All right. So, game on Saturday night. It's going to be a raucous crowd. Buss was talking about it in the postgame. I mean, you just smacked Kentucky. You're on a five-game conference winning streak. You got a Saturday night game inside of Bud Walton Arena, a Saturday night game. This is going to be awesome. I can't wait. Now, I'm not going to be in attendance, but many of you will be. If you do have a ticket or tickets that you're not going to be able to use, you haven't sold yet, you want to distribute them here on ESPN Arkansas and hitthatline.com, we will find someone that would go to the game. Happiness. Here's the thing about this game on Saturday. Now, Nick, of course, is the big factor of everything. Mississippi State's a stingy defensive team. Now, if you remember last year, you played New Mexico State in that second round game. It's a gross game. I rewatched it yesterday. I forgot how bad both teams were offensively through points of that game. Arkansas couldn't hit a shot, and neither could New Mexico State. You say, Ty, why are you bringing up the, I guess it's the Aggies? Well, because Chris Jans, who coached them out in New Mexico, is now the head coach at Mississippi State. This is a team like that team you played last year in the NCAA tournament, they get after you defensively. About 10 steals a game they average, according to Coach Moss. Listening to his press conference yesterday. Arkansas has turned the ball over a lot this season. Hopefully they don't do that Saturday night in Bud Walton Arena because you want to be able to get out on the run. If Nick's back, you want to get him out in transition, get him some easy buckets, get him in the flow of the offense. What I hope happens is the transition offense and the offense overall that you you saw on Tuesday, there is a almost a replication or a clone of what you saw Tuesday night, and you see it at home 
this Saturday. Now, there's going to be some additional pressure, some additional juice with Nick coming back. And I hope the guys, they'll probably be, when he's in the game, taking a few minutes to figure things out, figure everyone's rollout again, which is what Eric Musselman and his staff are going to have to do with this whole change. And how Arkansas goes about that is going to be, again, a um, a huge thing to watch with this remaining season. But this is not a cakewalk. This is not an easy game. State's played some teams on the road pretty tough. Now, do I expect them to win Saturday night? Probably not. I And I'm, when I say they, I'm talking about the Mississippi State Bulldogs, the visiting team. I'm not talking about your Arkansas Razorbacks. I think they extend it to six conference wins. I think they go to seven and five after Saturday night. And then you've got a great game in College Station that next midweek. I can't remember if it's Tuesday or Wednesday. But that's what you have to set yourself up with a chance to go to College Station 7-5 and five in this league. Yeah, and after watching uh, Tennessee play last night, they're obviously still a great team, great defensive team. They they kind of let that one slip away last night against Vanderbilt. We know Vanderbilt's tough to beat at home. They, uh, they proved that against us. But, man, that was a wild finish last night. It just shows me that uh, Tennessee may not be as unbeatable as we think. And speaking of the Tennessee win, we'll uh, talk more about that coming up. For those who don't know and don't remember about that or didn't watch it, mine, excuse me, you had the Vanderbilt Commodores, great play drawn up by Jerry Stackhouse. Find it in the corner, three, nailed it. It was awesome. And to see Tennessee lose against not their arch rival, but a rival of sorts in the Vanderbilt Commodores in Memorial Gymnasium, it was great. Now, Looking at the SEC standings, let me pull this up real quick. Arkansas is tied with a couple teams. You're tied with Missouri and Florida at 6-5. and The teams above you only have one more win at 7-4, and Auburn and Kentucky. This is a huge weekend for conference standings. You still have a chance to be a top-four seed in the SEC tournament. Yeah, for sure, and... You know, I think no matter what seed this team gets in the NCAA tournament, it's going to be one of those real dangerous teams that where you know that their uh, seed is a little misleading of how good the team is because just of how they started, you know, the injuries and all that. So they're putting it together at the right time, it looks like. I hope the selection committee takes it in the injuries to account and how they've been playing late. Three seed two years ago, four seed last year. We'll see what they're going to be on selection Sunday, assuming they keep on winning. Introducing Your Choice Tuesday at Buffalo Wild Wings. Buy one, get one 50% off on our traditional wings on Tuesdays. Then the best thing about Thursday at Buffalo Wild Wings is buy one, get one free on our boneless wings. Both offers are now available for dining and carryout. Some exclusions apply. Visit your Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, Fort Smith, and in Jonesboro. Buffalo Wild Wings. Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal protection plan. Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. 
By the way, I want to make this note. In regards to tickets, just got this text from Caleb in Fayetteville, who was just recently scammed. Had planned on buying his wife tickets for this weekend, this Saturday night's game, and uh, apparently got scammed out of them. So if you do buy tickets out there, I'm not the one to tell you all the authentication processes, but make sure you don't get screwed like Caleb did. Hopefully he gets resolved. So again, we are kind of liaisons of sorts here on the Morning Rush. If you've got to, some tickets that you want to give away, we're not going to take them for ourselves. We'll give them to an Arkansas fan like Caleb or Allen and Alma that want to go. All right, to our Morning Rush daily question. Is Nick Smith Jr. going to play on Saturday night in Bud Walton Arena? My guess, with no inside knowledge, is yes. Now, Eric Musselman alluded to it, as you heard in the top of our open this morning, that uh, expect to play soon. Say Makai Mitchell may have spilled the beans on his Instagram live, saying he's going to play. I'm going to say yes. Christian, what say you? Yeah, I'm more confident now than I've ever been about it uh, just because of, you know, not only players saying he's playing, but just, you know, even Mus saying it. And then, you know, you, you it, it's starting to pick up a lot of steam. A lot of credible sources have said it. Now, no, obviously nothing's ever guaranteed when there's an injury like this to a to a player of this caliber, but, you know, it's always inspiring or exciting to know that, you know, he, he's pretty close at the very least. Hopefully there's no setbacks in the next two days or in shoot around or anything like that. This is the number one player coming out of high school. This is a kid that grew up in the state, won a state championship at North Little Rock, could have gone to any prep school he wanted to in the country and elected to stay home. Now, again, I, I said this in hour one, I, I want to re- refresh for those that didn't listen. There's nothing wrong with going to prep school. Moses Moody did it. There's a reason he got drafted as high as he did. He was prepared. Coach always talked about his basketball IQ being what it is. Now, part of that is uh, Mr. Kareem and uh, Mrs. Rona. But another part of that is playing with Cade Cunningham, playing with all these guys at Montford that prepared him for the level of competition that he joined the SEC. Nick Won a state championship at North Little Rock, and now we'll get to see what he can do against SEC-caliber opponents either this Saturday or in the coming weeks. Either way, though, it looks like he's coming back, so maybe Jimmy Dykes was right and Fran Fraschilla was wrong. And both those guys weren't, like, adamant. They just... Fran got on the broadcasting in the Baylor game said, I don't think he's going to come back. I think he's going to prepare for the NBA, which is an opinion that he's allowed to have. Jimmy Dykes shared several times on Arkansas games... I think he's coming back. I think he wants to play, and I think he's going to play. And Saturday night could be the first time we see him. I hope that the expectations aren't too high for him for markets offense. Y'all, he's got to readjust. He's got to get back into form. He's got to get back into shape for that matter. And I, I know it's been agonizing as a Razorback fan to kind of have to deal with this, but guys, no one has been more under more scrutiny, under more pressure than a kid by the name of Nick Smith Jr. I mean, you've got all these people insinuating every little thing about him. And you got all these fans, or supposed fans, that have said this, that have said that, that have done this, that have done that. It's whatever. I, I know it's been it's been frustrating at times this season because you want your best player to play. And Nick's a guy that some of you maybe grew up watching in high school or you just knew about and you're excited about. It hasn't been the case, but hopefully all that will be resolved as of Saturday, if not Saturday, at some point next week. I'll tell you what, I'm excited to talk with our buddy Tom Murphy this morning, Arkansas Democrat Gazette, Whole Hog Sports. 
Tommy, you going to tell Bob to kick rocks on Saturday that you're going to go to the game instead of him? Should be a good one Saturday night. We can, we can both go to the game, Ty, <laughs> and no. Um, good morning, everybody. It's always a pleasure. Uh, no, I would never tell Bob, Bob to kick rocks. Basketball is his baby, and I support him. And um, I'll be there to do a notebook from the game and uh, excited to see these Razorbacks are, are playing better basketball. You know, during the parts of the season, the early parts of conference, you know, I would come on and I would say, you know, there's enough data and all to understand and think that, that Eric Mussman and his staff will know what to do and turn things around. But it didn't look very good when Brazil was out and Smith was out and, and now you're facing the toughest part of your schedule. But by gosh, if they didn't play their best game of the year, one of the best games in Eric Mussman's tenure here uh, to beat Kentucky the other night, it, it was uh, truly a sight to behold. That game from start to finish was about execution for Arkansas on offense, and then in the second half, you saw their defense take shape. When you think about the Razorbacks, the smallest guy that's consistently playing is Devo Davis at 6'4", Ricky 6'6", Anthony 6'7", Makai is 6'10", and then Mikel's either 6'10", 6'11". Then you got Jalen Graham that ranges about 6'9", George 6'7". I mean, Tom, how difficult is that for teams to consistently score on Arkansas's link throughout 40 minutes of play? Yeah, it's it makes it tough. And, and I liked your assessment of that. Um, Arkansas's offensive efficiency, I'm not looking at the number, you know, points per possession or whatever, but it had to be, you know, one point something nice. Uh, and you kept thinking, or I did, well, Kentucky's going to make a run. You know they're going to make a run. But Arkansas prevented them from making that run because how well they played. I mean, I watched John Calipari's post game, and it was basically when a team shoots seventy-two percent, you're not going to beat them. So their offensive efficiency was off the chart. I mean, they, they just kept the pressure on. They got in the lane. They ran pick and rolls that allowed you know Mikel Mitchell and other guys to get to the rim. Anthony Black got to the rim some, um, and and Calipari kept talking about how Arkansas bodied up. They bodied up Sheway. Uh, Kentucky had a good offensive plan. Uh, Toppin and several of the other guys got to the rim, but they had shots blocked. They just had tough defense played on them, and um, that was that was a tremendous, you know, uh, the mindset and the actual physicality of, of carrying it through for forty minutes. They just can't get fat on that because Mississippi State's a good team. You talk about the efficiency. Your colleague and friend, Scotty Bordelon of Whole Hog Sports, he always kind of breaks down certain things, and he's really good about picking out different sequences and different parts of each other's game. And for Jordan Walsh coming off the bench, Tom, I, I thought what he's done from an efficiency standpoint in conference play has been far superior to when he was a starter. Am I accurate in that assessment? Well, I have not seen the data, but it does seem like maybe he's more relaxed. He's not putting as much pressure on himself. I equated it a little bit to the Peyton Stovall deal. Here comes a highly touted freshman who's going to do all this stuff um, and probably had a lot of pressure on himself like Stovall did in baseball. And then he he found a way to relax and found his niche and contributes. And and Jordan Walsh is the same way. I mean, he's got a bunch of offensive rebounds two games ago. Uh, he had some efficient drives to the hole in this game and played pretty good defense. Um, he had a three-pointer. So, um, 
Yeah, I, I just think that they've shortened their bench some, and it's you know with the Nick Smith component, hopefully you can start reducing some guys' minutes here and there because you're going to need that down the stretch. But they just seem to have maybe turned this corner, and and I I argue that. The Baylor loss and the Missouri loss are two games they could have and maybe should have won, and imagine the streak they'd be on now if they'd won those two games. That's a great point. Think about the two years ago. You go into Tuscaloosa and get clobbered, and I think LSU in the same week, and after that, this team just got rolling. Jalen Williams, Moe, and company just went on a run. So maybe those tight losses were good. I think to your point, Tom, the question I have is, if this team continues to have success down the stretch and they win five of their last seven or six of their last seven or whatever, how much do you think the selection committee takes into account the Trevin Brazil injury and Nick Smith not being fully healthy for most of the year? Well, I mean, they have to or they're obliged to based on, you know, the criteria they're supposed to use, whether or not Arkansas gets hot down the stretch or goes 500 down the stretch. Um, right now, that, that Kentucky win was big. I mean, they moved up a couple of three lines on most projections. And, you know, Joe Lenardi gets a lot of uh, publicity for his, and, and, you know, he's done a good job of that over the years. And I think they moved up two or maybe three lines to an eight for him. Um, now, maintaining that's going to be difficult. Uh, but I think they're playing with a lot more confidence. I think Mikel Mitchell being kind of unleashed, so to speak, defensively, and then um, – some of the stuff he did offensively, that shot clock beating jumper, I mean, that's not, we haven't seen that in his game a lot. And he got fed by Devo with one second left and made a jumper. That was a huge shot in that game. I think he also had a pick and roll where it was lobbed to him and he didn't really control it. He just, he pushed it off the backboard yeah. and it just went in. <laughs> and it was that kind of a game for him. And, and, you know, it, it's come a little bit at the expense of Makai Mitchell's production. But I do think now you've got two guys who are who are stout in the post. I mean, they really controlled Sheebway. That that was uh, that was a job well done by those two guys. Um, you can just tell it it means a lot to them. And I don't know. It's it's good to see that a team that you know had lost some games that were you know tough losses, the Alabama game at home and so on, is now finding its legs and they're doing things that Eric Musselman teams do in the second half of conference. Tommy had thirty and eighteen last year in Bud Walton. Sheboy had 7-7 seven and seven in Rupp. Makai and Mikel Mitchell were awesome defensively in that game. You're 100% correct. What those guys did to impact a National Player of the Year candidate was pretty pretty remarkable. Now, you look at the SEC standings right now. Arkansas is tied with Missouri and Florida at 6-5. and five. Dude, that four spot's wide open. Auburn and Kentucky tied at 7-4. and four. I, I mean, I, I think Arkansas could very easily get that four seed in the SEC tournament if things go right down the stretch, what percentage would you give the Razorbacks of able to capture that four seed in Nashville? Well, Ty, not as high as you because they still got Alabama on the road, Tennessee on the road. Um, they got Kentucky coming back here. You know, they're going to be hungry um, in late season mode. Um, and it just won't, you know, it won't play out exactly the same. And so this is a really tough schedule. They need to really take care of the games. And I'm thinking about Mississippi State, Florida, and Georgia. Need to win all those games, um, and then uh, you know give Tennessee. And, and by the way, that that loss by Tennessee last night at Vandy, um, you know they're they're a very good team, super strong defensive team. 
But Arkansas went up there last year, if you'll remember. They were trailing by in the double digits and came back and really made that a an exciting finish. Um, and, you know, a kind of a microcosm of the way Arkansas plays down the stretch. So, uh, I don't know. I, I would not favor them to win the fourth spot simply because of strength of schedule. Let's talk some football. Woo pig weekend, Tom. You got the spring game at 12. You got <laughs> softball at 3. And you got old Tennessee stepping in a bomb walker at six. That's a lot of Razorback events in one day. Are you going to make it all of them? Oh, I don't know, Ty. We'll see how that plays out. I mean, I'll clearly be at the football game, and we'll see how quickly I can finish and get over to baseball. But what a widely anticipated series that's going to be with uh, Tony coming back in town with his team that had such a fantastic run last year you know you can equate tennessee's baseball season last year to arkansas in 21 where they were almost like a head and shoulders number one with rpi and everything and and then it just gets tough when it gets into the postseason um and notre dame found a way to to beat tennessee much like north carolina state came in and, and did it to arkansas so but yes that's going to be a fantastic weekend i think essentially sam Pittman and football have moved up the red white game by one week um, and uh, they wanted to get in a couple of more days before spring break, and so that allowed them to move it up and um, just hope the weather holds. And, and you know, uh, it's going to be a fantastic weekend. Arkansas fans should be flocking to Fayetteville. I think they're going to be flocking a Saturday night. You heard Musk post-game talking about after the Kentucky win. He expects a rowdy crowd inside of Bud Walton Arena. Is, and I know they're sold out, per se, with the amount of tickets, do we see 19,000 inside of Bud Walton Arena Saturday at 5 o'clock, Tom? Man, man, it could be. I haven't looked at the weather, but I don't think it's anything drastic. So I think the weather should be fine. Um, and honestly, this is going to be – this could be a really good game. I mean, when you think about how tough the, it was to subdue New Mexico State in the tournament, this, Chris Jans coaches good defense, and you can tell they're getting their legs. They're kind of like a notch below Arkansas, but – kind of doing the same thing. They're they're finding their way. And Toe Smith, obviously, is going to be a difficult cover. But as we just have talked about, the Mitchell Twins, uh, good good battle there. Uh, but then you got guys like Moore and uh, DJ Jeffries on the perimeter that are playing better. And as Musk described yesterday, they're a gambling defensive team. They'll jump into passing lanes and stuff. So Arkansas cannot be lazy with its passes. You know, they have to be decisive and forceful. And... I think they're going to put pressure on Mississippi State with their pick and roll stuff, the way they've been dropping it into their to their bigs, and um, you got to make Mississippi State pay if they gamble on defense. Tom, last thing: Super Bowl Sunday, can't wait. Chiefs, Eagles, the Andy Reid Bowl. I know there's injuries to both quarterbacks. Mahomes got the high ankle. You've got Jalen Hurts with the sprained shoulder. Who takes it Sunday in Glendale? Well, I mean, my heart is in it for the Chiefs. They're the there's a regional team, and I, and I really like Pat Mahomes. I mean, I just – I like the kid. Um, and there's an array of skill weapons, but so many of them are banged up. So you hope Kelsey's back's okay. And, I don't know, Valdez, Scantling, and um, <clears throat> Juju Smith-Schuster, all, all these guys seem like we're a little banged up. But they find ways to get it to them. Um, I just think the Eagles' defense is going to be the, the single biggest determining factor – you know whether they can get pressure on Mahomes and, and make make him have to move around on that ankle, and you know they're going to scheme up to try to do that. So I worry for Mahomes and the Chiefs, but you know they're going to have countermeasures 
to get the ball out quicker and um, hopefully take advantage. I want the Chiefs to win, but I, I understand why the Eagles would be a favorite. Cause aren't they a slight favorite? Yeah, they're one and a half points on the Bet Saracen app. Yeah, I, I get that, um, and, and I hope we, we just have a fantastic game. I hope so, too. Tom, enjoy it, man. We'll talk next Tuesday on Valentine's Day. Outstanding. Love it. See you. All right, good stuff from Tom Murphy. Arkansas Democrat Gazette, Whole Hawk Sports. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic, just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Clay, I think people were already really excited for the game on Saturday night in Bud Walton Arena, but... The excitement might have been amped up based on Eric Musselman's comments and uh, some other things that have been insinuated heading into that game. Well, it just all goes together with what's happened, you know, over the last two years that they, the momentum, you know, starts in late January, starts to build into uh, February, and by March they're, they're really good. And they were really good Tuesday night. That's as good as I've seen them play in a long time at this point in the season. And, boy, it's pretty sweet to do it against Kentucky. Ah. Clay, you, you've watched these games from start to finish, the Kentucky-Arkansas series, and I know they played outside before the SEC, but, of course, the SEC games are what matter. You got Todd Day, Oliver Miller, you got Corliss and company going in there. I don't know if it's ever going to reach what it was in the 90s, but what have you thought about how Arkansas has really dominated the rivalry as of late? Yeah, dominate might not be a um, a good word. I, what I will say, well, if you want to say two, three years, yeah. But, you know, Kentucky's won theirs, you know, over the last 10 years mm-hmm. and, and won championships, both SEC and national. The, there's been so much written you know known about the legacy of Kentucky basketball and you know one of the one of the great all-time programs but Arkansas since they've come into the SEC that's the team they fear the most you know, Alabama's good uh, there's you know odd years where somebody else in the SEC is, is you know threatens them uh, Georgia did it you know a little bit when they had uh, Dominic Wilkins and and some other guys, but it's uh, of late, it, you know, the last 30 years, say, 32 years, Arkansas is is the team that, you know, that if you're sitting in Rupp Arena and the Razorbacks come out there, you you got to feel your chance might, your team might lose. 
and they don't feel that way, they are usually going there to sit to watch a bloodletting. And, <laughs> you know, of late, it's been Kentucky blood spilled on the floor. This is a text from Chris, who's in Harrison this morning, Clay. With Nick supposedly coming back, how do you think the minutes get spread out amongst the Arkansas guards and really the rest of the team? Yeah, it depends on how Nick plays. He determines that. You know, you say, well, Eric Musselman determines it. No, it's the play of Nick. Uh, he's capable of, you know, really taking some minutes away from, from this team. You know, may, maybe, you know, 25, 30 uh, with his conditioning rounds into effect. But at the outset, you bring in Nick, and it's probably going to be 15, 16 minutes in, you know, the first game or two. Now, I, I don't know that. Nobody's told me that. But uh, that would be the way you would guess, uh, from my seat anyway. Uh, where the minutes will be coming from also depends on the matchups. For instance, you know, they were worried about Toshibwe, and they wanted two bigs out there, so they played the twins together. If that happens, well, then, you know, you're taking minutes away from the four, maybe not the one, two, three. But he's going to play the, the, you know, the one or the two, and everybody slides up. The, the good news is that almost all those guys can play multiple positions, so it's, you know, it's interchangeable. Um, you know, Walsh minutes, um, you know, he, I wouldn't think he'd come in as a starter, Ty. I think he would come in off the bench, and maybe that means, you know, whatever, but it's, it's who plays well doesn't lose minutes. Who doesn't play well in a game or two, they lose minutes, and maybe they don't get them back. Uh, but, I, you know, you've got your six or seven guys that are going to play, um, but it, it's just it's all a feel thing. And if he plays just average, you know, maybe nobody loses a lot of minutes. Maybe, maybe Devo loses five minutes. Maybe, you know, Anthony Black loses five. Maybe Ricky Council loses five, and then there's your 15 or 16 minutes right there. And I thought it would be a benefit long-term with so many of the Arkansas guards having to play so many minutes as of late. So I think it could help them, and not just for skill, but in terms of just conditioning-wise. It just helps them log less minutes on their legs. Well, one of the things that you have to say is that they are in shape right now, and that's what you (laughs) have to worry about with Nick because – that last 10 minutes of the Kentucky game, they Kentucky gave it up. And, I mean, they didn't have their legs. And Arkansas was quicker to the ball, quicker to rebounds. So you you didn't, you know, I worried as hard as they played in the first half that, that they would not be able to, this is Arkansas, would not be able to maintain that. And Kentucky would kind of overpower them in, you know, the last 10 minutes. But just the opposite happened. is our number to call or text in. Clay Henry, Ty Richardson, Christian Johnson with you this morning. Tommy is fishing at Gaston's White River Resort. Clay, how about some of the fish he caught and has been catching at Gaston's? These picks made it pretty special. So he's doing fine, but he's down there and he's fishing with live bait. Here we go. It's not really sport. Uh, And I'm proud for him. And, you know, he's, he's out there sitting in a boat with his feet propped up. And, you know, they're hanging sculpins on his, on his hook and he throws it out there and it lays on the bottom and they are anchored up. Is it and, the equivalent and of the guy says, the guy says, you got one. And he goes, 
Got what? And he says, you have a trout. Well, what do I do? Well, you reel. Okay. And so he reels it in, and they put it in the net. Is it, Clay, is it the equivalent of playing bowling with bumpers? Is that how you would compare it? That's a good That's a good one, Ty. I, I would also compare it to playing uh, Madden football against the NFL game. You know, it's... Uh, you know, it's not real. It's not really sport fishing the way you know our group did it with uh, with flies. So you know, it's in 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 he's fishing with big tackle. Uh, we're fishing with light terminal tackle. You know, what I'm talking about you know three pound, four pound test. Mm-hmm. You know, going after. There was uh, a fish yesterday that that came out of the water in somersault it was probably 30 inches 20 something pounds you know to go after those kind of fish which is what we're trying to do you know 20 25 26 27 inch fish are common in this tournament you know where you know the guide is important too because he might have to jump on the motor and you chase it for you know for 20 minutes with light tackle it's you know it's an incredible fight incredible uh adrenaline rush i'm happy for for tommy because he's, you know, he's away from you guys and he's fishing, and that's that's a win-win. Uh, it's a it's a win for him. It's a win for y'all. When when the when when the general manager is away, the you know that that lessens everything for y'all. You know, there's nobody messing up y'all's work. I'm being hard on Tommy. Now. Oh, I've left like, at nine oh one every morning that he's been gone. I say every yeah. morning yesterday, and and I'm going to leave at nine oh one today. It's glorious. <laughs> The cat's away. The mice will play. play. <laughs> oh man, we've got a bunch of text here on this whole fishing debate. Now, what yeah. if now what if Clay now what if Tommy said, "Well, Clay, you get to play from the senior tees on the golf course." What if he come? What if he came back with you on that? How would you respond? Yeah, I could, but every time I played with him, I played from the men's tees, and you've seen that. I didn't go to the senior tees. I played with him, and I do all right from there. So I. That's not a, you know, that's not a big concern t- to me. I play from the whites, and um, there's been a time or two at Southern Hills. I played for the senior tee because the guys I w- was with were older than me, and it's no fun for one guy to play from one set of tee and the others go to the other set of the tee. You kind of lose some of the conversation and the needling and all that kind of stuff that comes along with it. So you need to play from the the right tees. Clay, I got a question about hot springs real quick. So we are planning for a, a buddy's birthday weekend to go down there. I, I guess the Arkansas Derby is that weekend, if I remember that right. What is a good golf course in the hot springs area that we need to go play? Well, the one that I like that's kind of the historic course is uh, Hot Springs Country Club, and they have 36 holes, and you want to play the Arlington side. That's where they played the Hot Springs Open, and, you know, Palmer played there. I mean, it just – it just kind of drips with personality, and I, it's it's difficult, but it's not uh, it's not a a Pete Dye torture test. You know, it's not a Pete Dye course, first of all, but it's not like one of those. You know, it's a traditional old style. Played the uh, the state amateur there many many times. In fact, at one point it was it didn't rotate and go anywhere else. It was just that's where it was, and I played played the state amateur there and enjoyed it. Oh, I'm excited. My dad's my dad. Uh, he could play just about anywhere in the state for free. His his legacy in golf was you know knew every pro, probably knew the club champions, probably knew the president of the clubs. And when he moved to Malvern late in life, 
he drove to the Hot Springs Country Club and walked into the business office, which the guy knew him and, and wrote him a check for whatever the the fee was, 15000 for a membership. He wanted to be a member there. And that's probably that's probably all the 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 coaching you need to know that that's that was my dad's favorite place. All right. Well, it sounds like that's a destination we will try and partake in. Now, I don't know. I think the, you can get on there. Okay. Yeah. Even me? Yeah, just 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 tell him you're a friend of me. Okay. Friend I know that's a lie, but you know, just go ahead and tell him that. <laughs> just say it anyway. Friend of Clay Henry, but don't yeah. actually mention who friend of FOC. Friend F- of Clay. FOC, friend of Clay. Well, Keith in El Dorado has a question for you this morning, Clay. Good morning, right. Keith. Well, yeah, it was more of a, a comment. Uh, I just wanted to tell Clay how much I enjoy his interviews on Hog Plus. And uh, we always get behind-the-scenes history and stories that we didn't know. And I especially enjoyed the, the one with Kevin Scanlon. He, he's always been my favorite Razorback quarterback. And uh, I really enjoyed it, and I enjoy your work, and that's all I wanted to say. Well, thank you. And I don't want to forget, you know, our great players. And, you know, the, the thing about Kevin, we talk a lot about, you know, the 60s, but the middle of the 70s when he played, <laughs> you know, Arkansas was just kind of just stayed in the top top ten. I mean, they were just there, and Holtz's teams were really good. Kevin had one of the most perfect magical seasons that you can have for a quarterback, you know, as far as completion percentage beat a record that it's, you know, that it stood since 1935. Wasn't broken again until three years ago. So, uh, for, you know, passing accuracy. And, you know, that, that interview, uh, there was a lot of richness to it. Uh, his Lou Holtz stories, you know, he said Lou would grab his face mask. He was tough on quarterbacks, but gosh, that's probably why they played so well. I can't even imagine a coach grabbing a kid's face mask today. Especially a coach that's like 5'8". Yeah. I had, Clay, I had forgotten that Holtz went on Johnny Carson back in the day. Yeah. I watched that interview last week. It was great. I mean, he brought a, he brought a, a, a hog hat and had that whole... Nine Newspaper yards. magic trick. Yeah, that was fantastic. I uh, I I love that. I've got that as a new uh, rejoin in the morning rush. Where uh, him talking about woof pig fooey and stuff. I, it was great. I, My brother was Butch's uh, sports information director. Uh huh. And and saw uh, Lou do that trick to the point that he could do it. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> After you see it seventy or eighty times, you know you have to go to all the Razorback clubs, and yes, Lou did it. Every you know, every time he went somewhere, he he did that newspaper trick where he tears it up and then he folds it up and then put when it puts it back together, it's it's all together. Yeah, man, I'll tell you what, I love Razorback clubs. I mean, especially so Northwest Arkansas to an extent is spoiled because if you're in Fayetteville Stadium, Bud Walton it's five minutes away, Springdale's ten, Rogers it's twenty, Benville's thirty. But like you go to certain areas of the state that don't get to see coaches, players, certain like Chuck, you on a regular basis. It's, it's, it's remarkable how intense the passion, not the passion isn't intense in Northwest Arkansas. Don't mishear me, but uh, w- when I've been to smaller Razorback clubs, Clay, it, it's really, really unique at how they respond to certain people coming in and, and speaking with them about the Hogs. Yeah, I'll give you a story. This was 92 92- First started the magazine Hogs Illustrated, and 
uh, I talked to Chuck Dykus, who was at the foundation, you know, a list. I wanted a list of uh, Razorback clubs in the spring because I would go and I would, you know, give away some magazines. And usually, you know, I'd come back with 100 subscriptions, sometimes 200. And uh, he said, well, you might want to go to Paragold. Well, at that time, I hadn't moved. We we'd, had sold our house in Rod in uh, in Tulsa, and we bought a house in in uh in rogers but we hadn't moved yet so that was so this trip was going to be starting from tulsa and he says there's going to be a good one uh next week and i said good i'll go to it and i didn't think much about if it was anywhere in arkansas well it was in paragould so i went from tulsa to paragould that's a drive (laughs) oh oh yeah and you know the straight line road is 412 at that time 412 wasn't very good through uh you know you get around Oh, Huntsville, and it deteriorated, you know, and then it, then it was really poor between the same mountain home and, in in uh, oh, you know, just all the way across there. And so I went, I got, I did it all interstate. So I drove to Little Rock and then around and then, then Brinkley up that direction to Paragould and, um, you know, through Jonesboro. And they had it at, I believe, an armory. And Nolan walked in, and everybody rose, and I looked around, and I, I'd gotten there early. I think there were around 600 there, and it was a standing ovation. Of course, Nolan was, was really hot at that particular time, 92. You know, they they had just been to the Final Four, and uh, just you, then you realize how strong Razorback support in that part of the state within a shadow of, you know, Arkansas State um, – but that Paragould Razorback Club has always been been really strong, and I guess a lot of people from Jonesboro are Razorback fans, and they would go to that club because they didn't have one in Jonesboro. We got Zach in Paragould. We got Miss Lisa in Light, William in Jonesboro. We got a good contingency. Yeah, no question. And I've, the uh, we always sold Hogs Illustrated in the in the Walmart Super Centers. The number one selling point is the Super Center in Jonesboro. How about that? Hogs Illustrated. Yep. There's a tidbit I didn't expect to hear this morning. All right, we got another question for Clay. This one is from our buddy Sterling in Center Ridge. Good morning, Sterling. Hey, Clay. And Ty, you're doing a wonderful job. And Tommy's asking Ty, you're the best backup quarterback since the Earl Morrill. And, uh, Should I know who that is? Is that, wanna, is that bad? Baltimore Colts. He won an MVP. Okay. Yep. Yeah, he won an MVP at the John United. Back up, uh, that that helps you out. Okay, yeah, I do yeah, know you're honest. That, that helps. Uh, hey, I heard you talking about the fish, and 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 I heard these guys talk about these so-called professional gamblers, and I hear them say they hit 56, 57 percent, and they call themselves pros. Now I'm not trying to brag anything, anything like that, but I know people that can take that percentage on a regular basis. And they know, by no means, they call it a professional. But now when I see other professions, like I see a pro bowler, and he, he does stuff that I can't do as a, you know, as a bowler. When I see golfers, uh, pool players that are great, horseshoe pitchers, you know, they are elite. They do stuff that I can't do. But, but these gamblers, I don't. I don't see what they can do. And I, and I turn it all back to fishing. And I see the stuff that y'all, and I ain't, 
when I see pro fishermen, they are on a different level than, I mean, <laughs> it's just unreal. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. That It's just like NBA, NFL, the pros are ungodly good. And my question to you is, how close are you to a pro fisherman? <laughs> uh, Thanks for the call, Sterling. Yeah, yeah, I'm in Alaska, and they're in Buenos Aires. That's how close I am to the to being a pro. Uh, I'd like to be in Alaska. So I, I was with these guys at the Wildcat Club, and they're elite. I fished with them in two tournaments, and I finished at the bottom twice. And I was a lot closer this time. I had a 24-inch fish, which was second biggest of the of the week behind Kelly Wilson, who won the overall too. I'll give you more details later. I know we're we're out, but these guys are. I'm getting better and I'm learning. I go broke fishing against these guys, that's for sure. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 